0: Hello to all of our beloved AnyGamers Book Club bookworms out there, it is a joy to be back doing this podcast. My name is Anaki and with me is one of the best and most wonderful people I know, one of my dearest friends, it's David Estrella.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been trying so hard to be as lovable and adorable as people expect me to be, but it's so trying. It's so hard out here. Yeah, they're just doing they're doing construction everywhere, like, you know, <laughs> Things are, things are challenging right now, but we're, we're here, we're collaborating, we're putting our minds together, and we're going to do our best to get through this. By this, I mean this podcast where we discuss a light novel with all of our wonderful book people out there, the book humans, checking out the books, love the books, let's go books!
0: Let's go books indeed. I love books, I love reading, I love light novels, I love doing this podcast, and I love the light novel that we have chosen to read today.
1: And I love planning ahead, because we also already know what we're reading next, for once.
0: <laughs> well, we will, uh, we'll get to that in due time, but what did we read this time around, David Estrella?
1: Are you alright with a slightly older girlfriend, volume 2? Are you okay with
0: one? Yes. Are you still okay with one? I am still okay with one. Are you still okay with one? In the course of doing this show, in the pantheon of great light novels that we've had the immense pleasure of being able to read, very few reached the epic heights that um, this one did, and Volume 2 did not disappoint. I I enjoyed it a great deal.
1: I was a little bit mm, ambivalent on it to be honest with you Uh, i know it's gonna be disappointing it's gonna be a shock that we have a differing opinion uh volume one uh yeah that's an impeccable book that's that's a really good one volume two i think there's a couple of missteps and maybe it's to my tastes that i feel like it's not really up there with uh volume one
0: okay to be perfectly honest i was expecting that yeah i was reading this yeah yeah, I was. Yeah, I was reading the second volume and I was like, I don't think David's going to like this as much. Although I did think <laughs> that about the first volume, I thought you were going to hate the first volume and you ended up really enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think the things that I didn't love about volume two, maybe because it's like what I liked from volume one isn't as present in this book. This book goes in a couple different directions uh, as uh, as we read along. So we have another character. Wow, like right, basically right out the gate, we have a new character that we're gonna have to deal with yes, for <laughs> for the next 200 pages. So everything is going pretty pretty okay, right, in the life of our main couple, I suppose, main protagonist. I'm not sure how you would describe this, right? We we'll just call we'll just call them a couple, right? Mom- Momota and Hime, Momo and Hime
0: mimosa the 15 year old high school boy and he made the 27 year old ol
1: <laughs> oh man it sounds it sounds really criminal when you put it like that but basically that's what we're dealing with this is this yeah this is the uh the age gap romance light novel in case you forgot and are listening to this and just kind of were like oh i wonder what a slightly older girlfriend is like how slightly older so the relationship in volume one was it, it felt like they were just starting, right? You know, our journey has just begun in, in, a, in a manner of speaking. What I liked in volume one was like, it just, it felt very positive and very earned as well. It wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't feel like totally arbitrary, right? It felt like everybody had pretty valid reasons for being where they were and in the situation that they would find themselves in, which is a relationship. And I think what I was maybe expecting, hoping for, was that it was just going to be like antics between the two. And then it's not that in volume two.
0: Are you sure that that's the case? There's definitely lots of antics, but the focus, oh, yeah. I think, isn't on the main, the main couple, the heroine and the the hero, to use the Japanese parlance.
1: Yeah, the focus is um on this other character who shows up and confesses her love to Momo and she is summarily turned down we don't really get into Momo's head about it too much it just it seems like a very casual like oh sorry thank you but I can't accept your feelings right now the challenging part of course is explaining like well I have uh, I already have a gf and she uh
0: (laughs) she doesn't go to the school yeah yeah she doesn't go to the ultimate (laughs) The ultimate lie, the ultimate thing that yeah. people say when they actually do not have a GF.
1: Because Momo doesn't want to, like, complicate things, right? He understands the situation, but he also doesn't want to lie, so that's that's the story. It's not entirely a lie, right?
0: It's not a lie at all. <laughs> not a lie at all. Not a lie <laughs> it's, at it's all. It's the truth. He's still... he's already in a relationship, and he's not going to school-daze her and start up a harem. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, no, but we were swinging kind of dangerously close to a harem, but thankfully, Momo sticks to his guns and says, it's not going to happen, sorry.
0: There's some interesting stuff in the epilogue where the author talks about the constraints that they imposed upon themselves. Yes. For writing this book, and one of them is that all of the characters needed to be decent people. The author th- felt very strongly that any conflict that comes in the book needs to be from people who are acting on their best intentions and not trying to actively harm other people. Mm-hmm.
1: That was like a really good thing to just put out there. Just saying like, there are no antagonists. Mm. Um, yeah. It's not that, it's not that kind of book. And I think that approach was pretty smart, like smart mm. thinking from early on, because I think to the tone of the story, like if you don't have like some sort of, Guardrails for that, then you could just be like, oh, I'm going to introduce like some super hater of this relationship, and they're like going to do their best to Mm. make everybody have a bad time. And then the reader has a bad time because we've already been invested in the relationship. We like the relationship, we want it to continue, right? So, what's the point at introducing an element in there that is going to bring strife and confusion into the thing, which is kind of what happens in volume two, but it's like not that bad.
0: I think the kind of sweetness of it, the adorable, fluffy, very, very positive nature of it is one of the things that helps to sell the somewhat salacious premise.
1: Yeah, like, it's really written from the heart for the most part, and then you got stuff like the back massager that comes up (laughs) later. The back massager is my favorite part of the whole volume two. That was
0: very funny.
1: It was excellent. So we get, I mean, we get one new character who is like the girl who is rejected by momo we should give her a name Saki, right
0: yeah it saki
1: saki okay so like this direction was okay and then like pairing her off with um the uh the really abrasive incel friend of momo
0: uh i wouldn't use those words to describe him but uh i mean where's the lie
1: there are hints of some sort of death to it like he might be maybe misunderstood but he has a real he has a real time expressing himself and his uh his feelings towards basically all of his classmates especially the girls i didn't really love him in volume one and then for him to just be like the you know like this mismatched pairing with the girl who was rejected who's like an absolute like most normal person who ever lived very normal like how would i describe Saki? normal
0: yes I think that's one of the things we remarked on on Volume 1 as well, and is true again in this volume. The character writing is very, very sharp and very believable. The dumb high school boys feel very, very much like dudes I actually went to high school with (laughs) and the jks feel like girls that i went to high school with and the way that they would react to things is the way that i remember people reacting to things in my life
1: yeah like cuz light novels are books for people that don't exactly have normal brain programming <laughs> so we're we're like a little bit more sensitive to when somebody <laughs> behaves in like a very normal way inside the story and they're like so they're supposed to be the right, normal character yeah. so we pick up on that i think the intention was, like, that she she sort of comes off a little bit rude, right? But that's because she doesn't care about uh, Ura's nerd shit that he's going off about, which is good, because he should be put in his place. But it yes, hurts a little bit be. because it's, like, the most normal person, like, not <laughs> giving him the time of day.
0: <laughs> well, we find out that Ibisuki Saki is... How do I put this? Insecure. She's insecure, and she has a crush on Momo, but she, she also... has a crush on
1: Momo. She has a crush on Momo, but because her friend is going out with one of Momo's friends, she's thinking that she's getting left out of the yeah. group. This, which is such normal thinking, so yeah, normal. yeah.
0: She has FOMO. <laughs> she's feeling left behind by her peer group and wants a boyfriend because all of her friends are getting one, and she's acting mm-hmm. on that rather than her deep, abiding love for Momo mm-hmm. and the different. Specific parts of his character.
1: Yeah, and here's like, here's the thing, I guess, to Momo's credit, like, he is always doing his best to do the right thing, and somehow that still brings about problems, right? Because, like, he'll do the right thing by Hime for the most part. He'll make mistakes, right? But he does, you know, recover from that and does his best to you know, make up to, to Hime. But then when he turns down Saki, problem is that Saki is not somebody who gets turned down. This is where we're actually weaving in a plot in volume two, right? Like a continuous plot about why did somebody who, okay, I'm not gonna say like she has it all, right? Like Saki doesn't exactly have it all, but because of her thinking, right? Like I confess to this guy, so why aren't we dating? And this is. I'll come in. This is. This is where Hime is going to come in. Hime is going to have to eventually interact with this girl. Somehow they're going to have to, r- right away, where, Saki can accept that she lost out to an OL oh well, that's almost pushing thirty. Gee, that's not an enviable spot to, to be in, is it, right?
0: No, like, it's not. Being in the
1: prime of your youth and losing to somebody in their 20s, that's devastating, honestly.
0: Yeah, someone 12 years older than you. Well, she refuses to believe it as well. And she and the shitty high school boy are a go-shadow Momo and may go on a date. And Saki and Ura dress they also go on in, a date, basically. Yeah, they 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 basically go on a date, but they go to the cinema and then follow them around like a shitty shopping center. Classics of teenage dates: seeing a film <laughs> the and then just hanging around. Yeah, and they're just <laughs> hanging around, not buying anything. But the emotional arc for Saki in the novel is coming to terms with the fact that yes, Momo actually is taken. He wasn't lying to her to let her down easy. Mm -hmm. He's not kind of giving her the run around. This weird thing that he said is happening is actually happening. And she has to make her peace with that and part of the process i think it's the very last chapter in the novel is she gets momo to agree to go with her to like an amusement park and just see what it feels like to go on a date with her and and see if he's really making the right decision and he he agrees to do it ending the theme park date by rejecting her and saying i appreciate that you feel very strongly about this but i already have someone in my life and i'm very sorry
1: yeah, that was a little weird. I think that direction, like Momo, is more or less coerced into going on to on on this date.
0: Fully coerced.
1: It, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really know where that came from. I felt like there might have been a better direction because otherwise, it's like it just seems kind of dramatic for the sake of ending up where we all expect to end up, which is they're not going to get together. <laughs> So what's Saki left with, like, this dim possibility that she and Ura will become a thing? I I don't know.
0: It is an interesting direction for the story to take. I think expanding it out to a wider cast of characters was an interesting decision and possibly a necessary one to sustain it for another... I don't remember quite remember how many volumes of this there are.
1: There's like five or six.
0: Yeah, there's five or six and to sustain a light novel for that long you can't just have momo and hime go on sappy dates all the time as nice as that would be
1: (laughs) well look spice and wolf has gone on for like 24 books so
0: it's very true yeah
1: there is an audience for just characters that we like going on sappy dates it's perfectly fine it's perfectly fine
0: I do think that one of the primary themes of these novels tends to be people at different phases of their life kind of looking back or looking forward and the trouble that you get into when these different life experiences are loggerheads. This book introduces Hime's sister, Kisaki, who is pushing 40 and divorced and her life is kind of bad.
1: Kisaki rules. <laughs> it's kind
0: of yeah she's awesome uh but her her life is kind of bad and it's just it's she's twice as old as mimosa plus a few more years on top of that and...
1: and bustier than her sister
0: yeah and being in your 30s and having gone through some heinous life stuff and kind of looking back on it and being untethered is such a different feeling to being 15 and really unsure of everything you're in such a different phase of your life and with ura and saki their relationship troubles are different but just as frustrating there's a lot of sophistry and unanswerable questions in romance regardless of your age there's a lot of faking it there's a lot of getting your heart broken and and having expectations and having those expectations not be met and that's a really frustrating feeling regardless of how old you are and it's interesting seeing yeah that's life it's it's life and it's interesting seeing ura and saki try to deal with these questions and For a while, they're projecting onto Momo and Hime's relationship. The confusion that they're feeling and the the uncomfortableness that they're feeling about their own lives is a thing that they are looking at Momo and Hime's relationship and being like, well, there's probably something going on there, right? And it takes them shadowing them on a date and then Saki going on a date with Momo for them to be like, okay, I... I guess I can't intrude on their life. I guess I have to find my own thing now.
1: This whole book is entirely the fault of that one girl who decided to date Kana. It is, yeah. Who's kind of, who? she's kind of all right. I kind of wish she was a little bit more in the book. Uh, she has, she has oh, a fun thing going on. One. She's like, her whole thing is like, oh, I'm so small and cute and everybody loves me. <laughs> and then like, yeah. she, speaks for, she speaks for like, just maybe a few pages in the book. And then I'm like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of see where you're coming from.
0: She is cute. Yeah, and that's like, it's
1: also like an unexpected pairing for Kana, who, like, Kana, I mean, Kana is like the handsome guy who could just score anybody in his class, and then he doesn't pick like somebody like Saki, who might be like a little, that might be a little bit more expected.
0: Yeah, a lot of light novels tend to feel immature or lacking in life experience or. Lacking a compelling understanding of different social situations, and of all light novels, this one really gets it. This one is really able to not only understand it, but write about it in a compelling manner, to bring these real life experiences and portray them through fictional characters, and it's kind of impressive. I know you weren't as much of a fan of this second volume, but I was really engaged by how the tension just kept ratcheting up and then it'll it'll release a little bit but it won't go away there's no kind of the i know you're not a big fan of this as well like the mario Kart people like screaming about their feelings and (laughs) a gentle narrative bow being tied on certain situations where it, it reaches a it reaches the the end of a narrative arc that feels very different feeling to real life where it (laughs) things basically never end up that way in real life Mm. you basically never tie a narrative bow on an experience and have it end satisfyingly real life is a lot stickier and and more complicated which is what this book feels like despite the fact that it's almost entirely very comfortable very wholesome romance that i kind of need more of in my life (laughs) (laughs) i was reading this thinking like man maybe i should like read some romance novels or something this is very satisfying
1: yeah what like a romance novel without you know any sort of like antagonism or conflict or uh, a little bit of conflict like what what exactly are we looking for
0: Maybe maybe a little bit of conflict, but not, like... I've read a lot of romance novels. I haven't read a lot of romance novels. I've read some romance novels. I am not particularly well-versed in the genre. The The conflicts in them tend to be an honest clash of personalities, if I had to say. Maybe that's just my inexperience with them saying that, but it's always people who want different things having a very understandable... Argument, Although, I, I haven't read any supernatural romance or historical romance or anything where people might have arguments over very abstract, esoteric things.
1: Yeah, in um, Slightly Older Girlfriend, we get scenes like the massage scene, and you can't really find that in other books.
0: No, you do not find that in other books. Do we want to talk about the massage scene and also her older sister, Kasaki?
1: Yeah, so there was a couple there were two massage scenes, right? So there's like the one where Momo was all like, "I'm going to give you a therapeutic massage because we I I think everybody forgot uh, his family like operates um like a clinic, right?
0: Yeah, they have like a physiotherapy clinic.
1: Yeah. So to like make up for the bloomer incident, which was really funny. This is this was this was really good because it's like it's early on, right? The bloomer situation so do you want to talk about bloomers for a second actually before we like talk about the other stuff because i would love to talk about
0: bloomers every day of my life
1: you'd be really like the person on this podcast to discuss yep. like the um you know why in the book That's they're like talking about the bloomers and like why momo might be a little bit confused as to like what his problem was when he mentioned To Hime, to her face, like, oh, so you're from... You probably probably wore bloomers, right? When you were in high school. The floor is yours.
0: Okay, so bloomers are a very common item in popular culture, which doesn't reflect the fact that they aren't really used anymore, so... In Australia, we have school uniforms, and then part of your uniform is something called your PE uniform that you go to do PE and And in Japan, they have, obviously, the school swimsuit is another really famous one, and they used to dress students up in just a t-shirt and bloomers for sport. And the idea behind both the school swimsuit and the bloomers was that it was as unsexy as possible, The idea was that this was... Yeah, famous... Yeah, big mistake. Famously, they made both the school swimsuit and the bloomers to be the least provocative item of clothing. But of course, if you are doing PE and you're a teenager and everyone in your class is just stripped to the waist and running around and they're sweaty and you're really fucking horny, you're going to imprint on that. So, Bloomers and Tsukumizu and various other classic bits of Japanese high school stuff that you see a lot in media and not just anime and manga you see it in drama and films and stuff as well but things like the the Gakaran uniform for boys and the Serafuku uniform for girls have really gone out of fashion because they became such a fetish item because there was such a big aftermarket for them And you don't really see school swimsuits or bloomers or Sailor Fuku anymore. That's not to say that they are entirely... I think in the book they say that they switched over entirely in, like, 2006. They banned bloomers or something. I'm pretty sure there's some schools out there who still have, like, a PE uniform. Because, like, my PE uniform growing up was just my faction color, my house shirt, and then just shorts and i live in australia so shorts is just a fact of life constantly all the time for other people i don't wear shorts anymore but so that switch happened as they point out in the book kind of in the 90s and by the time Hime would have been in school it would have not been a thing at all and so when momota asks her hey you were you wore bloomers to school right she's like i'm not that old you fucking prick zuma go play some genshin impact go whale on genshin impact
1: anyway so back to the massage right so as uh you know like to to make things better right mom was all like oh well uh i'll give you a a massage but it's like a real massage right it's not like a little shoulder rub which i think is what he may was expecting yeah it's um it's quite it's quite the scene
0: it's a proper reflexology massage
1: uh really getting in there getting into some places that have never been gone to uh, before and she's not expecting it it's not expecting it and is maybe having some difficulties controlling her voice
0: <laughs> oh the 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 tension of these scenes it's amazing that it manages to deliver on it
1: yeah i mean just through just through text like it's you know mm. it's funny it's a little little arrow you know you got you gotta you get a little bit just of everything in in these yeah. scenes they're very they're very condensed with like just kind of the whole point of the relationship. And then we also have the back massager scene. <laughs> the uh, the other massage scene.
0: Finally, we are here. <laughs> so Hime so, wants to repake, and she has yeah. the Hitachi magic wand.
1: <laughs> yes, the famous... Ma-
0: <laughs> yeah. That she uses for its intended purpose. But this uh, is like massaging. a classic... Yeah, so Kisaki, Hime's older sister, is staying with her... And they have a classic anime misunderstanding where. Oh,
1: she buries herself like to the core of the earth with this <laughs> one. Uh, because they keep on, they, they keep on saying like what's wrong with the like the back massager. and Hime's sister just continuously like feeds into what we think she is thinking. But like obviously, like the couple, like Hime and Momo are like being especially unaware at this moment, right? Like well, Momo like no knows, knows that he's
0: trying not to acknowledge it. He's he's trying to because he knows if he says anything, is he he's gonna embarrass Hime and also yeah. prove that he, <laughs> you know he's a horny teenage boy. and yeah. He knows what people use the Hitachi magic wand for.
1: Mm. Also, I think it's what's making it more difficult is like he's continuously surprised like how familiar Kisaki is with the massager for like the uh, illicit use of the massager that is. Definitely frowned upon by uh, Hitachi.
0: Yeah, let's be real. The real use. The actual. (laughs) The thing that people actually buy it for.
1: (laughs) It's like, it's funny because like they, Momo and Kisaki first meet because of an anime understanding where he walks in and he thinks that Hime is in the shower. But then Kisaki walks out because she thinks that it's Hime who walked into the apartment and she's all like, oh, can I find a towel? I can't find anything to cover myself up with.
0: And she also stripped, like, in the living room and went to go have a shower and left all of her clothes in a pile that probably smelled of her body before going (laughs) to go have a shower, and so Momosa comes in and and is like, hey, check out this bra, I'm 15. (laughs) (laughs) It's not,
1: like, just, like, a regular bra either, it's, like, it's, like, two two like cooking pots right like that's what this the construction of this thing is and he's like he's also like thankful to the bra itself right because he realizes the sort of burden that the bra has to carry (laughs) yeah it's very japanese it's it's very (laughs) he's thanking it for its service
0: The repeated use of it has given it an animist spirit. It's it's animated it with a life of its own, and he he recognizes that in the most singularly Japanese moment in maybe any light novel. It uh it
1: gives you know it's like it's stuff like this that gives me big Monogatari vibes because like there's that a scene mm. in Kizumonogatari where like Aragi's is super thankful for receiving Hanekawa's panties, right? It's like, yeah. this is now a family heirloom. Yeah. And you're never getting them back.
0: God, what a good fucking author Nisio Isson is. <laughs> Sorry yeah. to sidetrack us. <laughs> this book is good too, but man, <laughs> I'm, I'm always in awe of how how perfect of a writer Isson is.
1: There are, I mean, there are other writers, right? So when we see good moments like this in a light novel that appeases, like appeases the base desires, right, but then also elevates it up into something that, you know, we can stroke our chin hairs to and just like sort of <laughs> ponder, right, the future. It,
0: does it appeal to base desires? It's very, it's very chaste. It's very... Oh, yeah. No, I innocent. mean, like,
1: it's, it's fine, right? Like, I could, mm-hmm. just, it's, you know, it's family friendly entertainment. All these light novels.
0: Yeah, well, don't know if I would go that far, but it's certainly not as salacious as some light novels that we've read. It's it's definitely not a JK Haru level of Mm.
1: Mm.
0: adult content. I think part of it is just that Hime is just one of those people and she she speaks about this in the novel where Momoda has a very clear idea of what he's going to do for a job once he gets out of school what is the path that his life is going to be on and she never really thought about it and kind of took the first job that fell in her lap and she's just like me for real for real (laughs) <laughs> and just was there for a number of years and woke up one day 27 years old and life had just kind of happened to her and was like, okay, well, I'm going to graduate high school and I'm going to go into the family business and it's going to provide me with a pretty stable living and eventually Hime and I can move in together and he, he has it all figured out and it's a little bit intimidated for Hime who just kind of plays video games every day and has never really contemplated doing more with her life and that's not a criticism because yeah i don't need to be criticized to on my have... own goddamn show <laughs> <Sister> <laughs> Hello, i'm, I'm not wired, I'm, I, you know, I am G. talking about the novel are you okay with a lot slightly older girlfriend volume two i'm not talking about my dearest and most important friend david australia okay I, right. I need you to understand that okay. do you understand that
1: yes i'm i'm, I'm beginning okay. to understand
0: you're beginning to understand that. I'm talking about the light novel, Are You Okay With a Slightly older Girlfriend? You had to worried there for a second. I thought, we were, Hime, I thought we were talking about me. And Hime's life, and Hime's choices, and the things that Hime, Hime. has done. Yes. It's just never been of consequence to her, and she's in the position where not only is she having to think about that stuff for the first time but not having ever really thought about her life has ended up with her in a position of not having a ton of life experiences especially compared to her friends who are like married and divorced and who have been through a lot of life experiences and like changed careers a couple of times or like there's a she has a co hi at work who's like a real a real go-getter she's like a real career girl and Hime is kind of struggles to understand why she's so invested in, in her job and her personal life and stuff. It's just not a thing that's ever been important to Hime. You
1: know, Hime wants to play uh, Kirby and Mario Kart. So yeah, do I.
0: Everyone wants to play Kirby and Mario Kart. Yeah. I am consistently surprised by how sentimental I get over these novels, it's, it's pleasant to just watch them go on a date, or when something, problem, reads its head or something, I really feel for the characters. Yeah, at least with the slightly
1: older girlfriend, I don't think that there's going to be like any sort of crazy swerve coming. And it's nice to just have that sort of that like peace of mind (laughs) as I'm going through the story that like, oh, they're not suddenly going to like break up over a stupid thing that's going to make me upset. That's not the sort of story that we're going to go into.
0: He is not going to get pregnant and they have to deal with that. Something like that.
1: Yeah, no, like it's totally it is. It has been decided upon from like a while back. And it's pretty consistent throughout. Even when new elements are introduced, it does continue in a way that for the most part does make sense. Like I thought I think that the forced date was a little bit weird, but I. I get where they wanted to end up at, which was like a very decisive, more decisive, extra decisive no, more for Saki's sake, because she just needed that like extra push to understand something that she was already beginning to understand.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it's like, it's also just because Momo is just that nice of a guy, right? He's just that good of a guy where he's willing to, um, willing to entertain Uh, Saki's request but he's also like making extra certain that this is okay with Hime because Hime also is maybe a little bit sensitive about the thing where she's gonna get abandoned by somebody who is 12 years younger than her
0: it's not just these two main characters navigating this funny sticky situation it's everyone is having to learn how to navigate this which is an interesting approach to take cuz they do to try Kana to keep it his secret because they are yeah.
1: they've got to figure it out they they're fine yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's why the book's not about them
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, there are plenty of books that are about them. This one just happens to be about <laughs> people in a very different relationship. Plenty of books are about those two, but this this one specifically is about Hime and Momo. Uh, you know, I, um, like you say, there's two big massage scenes in this book, and, you know, you know, I'm a big skinship person. You know, being around me means being touched and cuddled and, and... Uh stuff like that.
1: Sure, yeah, go on.
0: <laughs> no, that was it. I just, I appreciate the, I appreciate the it. scenes of of skinship in this, despite how chaste it is. Just a uh, just a
1: valid king getting uh, a few points on the record.
0: <laughs> you know, you know, I'm cuddly. You know, I like to cuddle.
1: <laughs> we even have like photos of you like trying to to get in there. Yeah. I don't know if I'm receptive or not, but you definitely (laughs) there are there are definitely photos.
0: Yeah, there definitely is.
1: You know what to actually go back to the book, there there is a there is definitely physical contact between Momo and Hime, and it's like relationship contact, not like I'm gonna give you an unintentionally sexy massage type of usual anime slash manga jokes, the classics, the tropes. Yeah, the the relationship actually advances, surprisingly enough. Like even with all the problems like we have like way more problems now in volume two because like volume one is everything is flowers and sunshine because it's all so new and they are just dating and now we're like they're dating more but they're not really sure how to advance you go forward with it
0: there's so many Mm -hmm. unanswered questions and really makes me think about i i hope so really makes me think about my own life and all the the paths not taken and some of my own (laughs) Kurorekshi embarrassing shit i did in high school yeah Yeah, yeah. we've
1: all been there (laughs) we have
0: all been there indeed and if you claim that you haven't this is not the podcast for you <laughs> so it's set in Tohoku, and it's very like, it's one of those light novel things where, like, it's very proud to be from, like, not Tokyo. It's very proud to be regional. So they're constantly mentioning all of the great things that there on Tohoku, and they mention how you kind of, if you live outside of a big Japanese city like Osaka or Tokyo, you kind of have to own a car. And boy, do I hate driving and owning a car! <laughs> It just made me, like, uh. punctured the fantasy of, like, well, if you lived in this place in Japan, you probably have to own a car. And I'd be like, ah, fuck. Also, Momo buys Himei a bouquet of flowers, but it's made out of soap. So it's, like, a useful present, and Himei really likes it. In real life, do not buy women soap. Women tend to get soap as a gift when someone doesn't know what to get them. It's like the default, I don't really know you that well, so I'm gonna buy you something gift, and I have been told this on numerous occasions, soap just makes a very, very poor present, so just get them regular flowers, they're pretty, they smell nice, can't go wrong. Alright, that's uh, dating advice from Uncle Max. Is that your final thought? Well, my final thought is that this is in the top tier of light novels that we've read, I appreciate where the story has gone and i think the craft of storytelling as well as translating i think that the translator did a really fantastic job of bringing these books to life i cannot recommend them highly enough they balance a number of different competing themes and manages to make it all work into a really interesting whole it's hard to top that first novel that first one was just so fully formed and so perfect but I really enjoy spending time with these characters and this was just a very satisfying read it made me feel very nice to have gone back to it and I enjoyed it a great deal David Estrella
1: yeah so like I mean I did not love it but I think that the series from what I've seen so far uh, for reading two books like I think it's in a good spot to have a very good volume three, particularly because I think authors get a little bit better when they're more familiar with their characters. So after you write two books of the same characters, like you get to the third one, it's like, okay, I'm I'm at home. I know I should know what to do. Of course, you could also get writer's block, and that's,
0: like, a whole big thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's also why we're doing Book Club is Not Crash, right? To see where these stories go and what the authors decide to do with them. Yeah. And to give them a chance to hone their craft a little bit more. Although it is hard to do a better first volume of a light novel than Are You Okay with a Slightly Older Girlfriend?
1: Yes, and you'll never be able to take that away from the series. That really amazing first book volume two in the can volume three who knows maybe you know if we're, if we're around someday. a lot around a long enough like there are definitely other series that we've read where we think like yeah that's probably a good volume three
0: i'm not going anywhere
1: mm-hmm. so uncle nax
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think we're done with Let's talking speak. about the light novels
0: i think we are and what does that mean that it's time for
1: yeah i am i let you do it you do it
0: you do you do your bit do the thing do my bit All right, it is time for Recommendations Corner, where the Annie Gamers Book Club takes something that they have been enjoying recently and share it with you (laughs) that isn't a light novel, to look outside of light novels for entertainment, to have a well-rounded appreciation of things, and even though this is one of our favorites, certainly one of my favorites. Devastrea, what have you been enjoying recently that you would like to share with our (laughs) dear audience?
1: All right, I'm going to talk about... All right. Because Evan is not going to let me talk about it. I'm going to talk about the uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie that I went to go see <laughs> this
0: weekend. I thought you were going to say Elden Ring. All right, go on. Why
1: would I say Elden Ring? I'm probably going to have like a whole show dedicated to the DLC when that comes out. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> okay, all right. All uh, right. Yeah, Sorry, to it's see, a me, Mario. I went to go see... Yeah, uh, It's a him. I went to go see him. That, you know, I had, like, very minimal expectations. I had, like, as low expectations as you could go in to watch in a movie. And, yeah, it was perfectly fine. It was all right. I just did for Uncle Knack's tastes and things like that. It was the worst fucking movie I've ever seen. But (laughs) (laughs) I I I think it just has, like, what does it have? Uh, Oh, yeah. It has, like, a million references to, like, little, like, things related to Mario, like, they, they basically cited everything. They even cited, like, fucking Mario Segali, like, the landlord oh. that had, like, the warehouse where Nintendo was operating out of when it was, like, just, like, five guys and a bunch of Donkey Kong arcade cabinets. So that's, that was cool. There's, I mean, there, yeah, of course, like, there's going to be just, like, some naff kids movie stuff. Especially, it's got some real basic choices for like 80s hits to score some scenes
0: oh no you're right i would hate that
1: that's why that's why i said like adjusted for uh the metrics employed by my co-host like
0: Mm -hmm. nah you
1: wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't love it uh but hey you know i'm I haven't seen the Sonic movie, but I'm sure it doesn't do any better either. <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, it was 90 minutes long. It was colorful. It didn't really outstay. It's welcome, and it got me thinking. Like, you know what? What if they like played like you know a, a straight by the book film adaptation of like Zelda or Metroid? And then I was like, mm, they'd probably fuck it up. But Mario's fine. Mario's alright
0: well we have that in our future to look forward to as a fucked up version of
1: either metroid or the legend of zelda (laughs) yeah considering it made like a billion dollars so i'm I'm sure they're thinking like all right what else would we have in this gold mine
0: it's going to become a cinematic universe
1: and nintendo would be dumb not to like let them do another movie like how much effort was that just license out your character
0: Well, I mean, if it keeps going, eventually they'll get to your personal favorite Mario game, Super Mario RPG. Just straight up adapt that.
1: I haven't even, like, looked online to see if there is, like, a little tiny Geno that was, like, modeled into the background in a spot where Nintendo wouldn't look. Because, like, if Nintendo saw that, they would probably, like stop that they would like they would not allow that to go through nothing nothing cool like referencing super mario rpg (laughs) before their acrimonious split with square (laughs) is it still acrimonious who knows it might be i don't know if there's anybody around who could still be really mad about it
0: (laughs) i'm sure someone is still carrying a grudge over that as for me, David Estrella, what is the best band in history? That's right, it's Deerhoof. Oh, I
1: thought you were going to say Boris, but go off.
0: <laughs> Boris are also very good. So, Deerhoof, uh, maybe the most important band in my life, hearing them for the first time just... Changed everything for me. I, I I've seen them live a bunch of times. I love their albums. It's not every day that you get a new one. And recently, Deerhoof released Miracle Level. It's really good. I noise isn't for everyone. Like Deerhoof's specific brand of weird rock doesn't vibe with everyone, the number of people that I've been like, you need to listen to this, this is this is life-changing music, like, this is the best thing ever, and have them be like, this is terrible, and you have bad taste in music back. That's happened quite a number of times, but I fucking love Deerhoof. I love them so much. Miracle Level is, it might be their, their only release that's entirely in Japanese. The front woman, Matsuzaki Satomi, is Japanese... And it's not quite as harsh as some of their other releases. It's a bit more melodic and a bit more approachable. But it is that beautiful Deerhoof vibe of being immensely sad and crazy and beautiful and wonderful all at once, and kind of harsh and kind of quiet. And ah, uh, I, I, you need to go out and listen to Miracle Level by Deerhoof. I cannot say enough good things about this fucking album it's beautiful seeing satomi who for many years i think was trying to write in english and that's a very different mode of expression it's really cool to see her embrace just having japanese lyrics in all of her songs throughout the album that was a really really good choice i think uh if you're new to Deerhoof, maybe listen to some of their earlier stuff. Oh, man, I, I had, like, a music nerd moment online because someone was like, Offend Maggie is Deerhoof's best album, and I was like, No, Milkman is Deerhoof's best album. How fucking dare you? I, I got really heated for no reason.
1: Real king shit. But oh, I would man. say,
0: yeah, yeah, I would say start with one of their other releases like Deerhoof vs. Evil or Apollo or Milkman. Milkman is really, really, really good. Milkman is my favorite album of theirs. They're all my favorite, but Milkman is just, ah, it's special. It really means a lot to me. Whew, yeah, Deerhoof. Know them, love them. They are absolutely fantastic. In person, like, seeing them live is some of the best fun you will have ever going to a live show and miracle level really did it for me miracle level was absolutely fantastic i bought it without thinking and i was wholly satisfied please go listen to Deerhoof. <laughs> please all right <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was recommendations to... corner
1: slash uh, begging and pleading at the at the listener i think uh, i think oh. we fulfilled our goals here we really got all we of have that. Except we have one thing, one one last thing that we got to talk about, and that's the next book that we're reading.
0: Yes, what's the next book that we're reading for this? The Annie Abrams Book Club is not Crash.
1: Slayers Volume Two.
0: And we're gonna have Pat back on,
1: and we're having to go yes. through it with us. It's gonna be three voices in here. That's gonna be three voice tracks to edit. So. You
0: know. <laughs> i wasn't thinking of it like that but you are in <laughs> fact correct you're gonna have to edit three voices down into one podcast
1: so yeah i think that's a, that's that's it that's that's all we got that's all from us enjoy books enjoy late novels enjoy life enjoy slayers volume two and then check us out in a bunch of places that i think that you're gonna go in depth with go
0: if you like what we do and you have a couple of dollars spare you can donate to the patreon patreon.com forward slash any gamers Even if you don't, we sincerely appreciate you listening and all of your support. You can golden ticket us, we haven't said this in a while, but if you donate five dollars to the Patreon, we will read three of your chosen light novels. Maybe there's a series that you desperately want to introduce to people that we can cover for you. Maybe you want to torture us by making us plow through three volumes of something like Clockwork Planet. It's up to you. I'm on Twitter dot com forward slash alive in the wired. Follow me, say hi to me, and David and I stream games at twitch.tv forward slash uwu Small Bean, which is always a, an excellent time. We are playing Persona 4. I've been playing some jank Nintendo 64 kusoge by myself when David isn't around, but together we play only the Mega Ten franchise. I'm well, playing, playing five. through persona 4 Yeah, yes no fuck me yeah persona 5 royal it's my first playthrough of royal and i'm having a really good time with it i love megaton
1: mm-hmm. and nitpicking about all the changes that we like sort of vaguely think are vaguely changes. remember
0: from when persona came out yeah it's
1: just stuff we don't remember from the first game is that it i think that's it do you wanna do you wanna sign us off no No, I don't want to sign us off, but I guess I will have to sign us off anyway. Do it. All right, for real, that is all the time that we've got. As I said, go out there, get some books, and get that reading done, all right? (laughs) And we'll see you on the next show. Stay valid, folks. Absolutely. Stay valid.